Uh, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on when you're listening to this podcast. This is Calvin Wayne Pennywell Jr. This is episode 17 of The Glory in Our Stories. We are about three episodes shy of reaching 20. So hopefully we can keep this going as, as long as we possibly can. Uh, today, I have the pleasure of interviewing my hygienist. Uh, Rachel West. Um, what year are you again? Senior. Senior. So this last is your last year. year. Yes. Wow. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> I know this is probably the most stressful part of, or has it been worse? You know, honestly, I guess it's the most stressful. I mean, I think it's really, for me anyway, I can't speak for everybody else, but finding patience and you know, we only have what, maybe like four or five more months left. So I think for me, it's just the realization that I'm almost done with this. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, we have our boards review, or our boards uh, exam, and credits exam. And it's a lot of money, and it's a lot of studying, and it's a lot of people watching you. So that's what makes me most nervous. And it just feels like, you know, you're kind of just getting over that last hump, but the whole thing's been a lot of humps. Yeah. That was um, my my seniors. My last semester was the most stressful because it just it so happened a lot of stuff was happening, and I'm trying to get out of here. And I was trying to graduate because I was supposed to have graduated two years prior. Really? Yeah. And That's you know, fine. you make decisions and. Same here. Yeah. I'm literally like two years late. So. <laughs> <laughs> and I felt I felt so bad, but I needed those two years for personal growth. So it was it was necessary. That's so funny. That's literally the same thing. I mean, I'm not gonna jump ahead because yeah. it's kind of like the whole interview, I guess, about <laughs> it. But same here. I should have graduated two years ago. But I think I honestly had more going on personally when I first started mm-hmm. the semester. So it was really hard for me to focus. Really hard for me to. I mean, not to do all my work and everything, but to want to, you yeah. know, because I was just my mind was elsewhere all the time. So now it's easier to just be in the right mindset, I guess, for lack of better words. But it is still stressful just because, like I said, it is the last little bit. And it's just a lot to, I don't know, for me it's a lot to comprehend to think that, oh my gosh, this could be it. Mm. Although, of course, my mom wants me to go back to school and do dental school. It's not gonna happen. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. You know, not gonna happen. But yeah. <laughs> as of now, it's not gonna happen. So, well, um, so we can dive right yeah. into it. Um, Let's do it. I'd like to know um, first of all where you were born, and um, and details of, well, even I guess major details of your childhood. All right. So. I say reckon, and y'all lots to just get ready. <laughs> um, I was born in Lawton, Oklahoma, and I don't recall actually being there very long. I don't know. I was there like maybe a year. Might have been a little bit less than that. And then we moved over to Germany. I have an older brother. Mm-hmm. He's two years older than me. Um, and my mom, I guess I should mention that. My mom is in the military. She is in the Army, or was in the Army. And we went from Oklahoma to Germany, Virginia, Texas, Georgia, 
those are all the places that we've actually lived. We've yeah. been to 5,000 other different places, so I'm really mm-hmm. blessed in that aspect. But um, my childhood, that's kind of a wild child, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I would categorize myself as kind of a tomboy mm-hmm. when I was first growing up. Um, in Virginia, we lived on Fort Belvoir. They've done a lot of remodeling and changes uh, since then. But where we used to live, it was so, so awesome. Um, we had like this cute little neighborhood on one side, and then there's a street, and then there's a whole another section of the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And where our house was, you could walk maybe two minutes, and you were at this little playground that they recently built. And then right behind that playground was just like woods. Yeah. And I would be out there with all the other boys and stuff, and we'd just be like out there walking on logs and falling trees <laughs> and like having all kind of little skits and stuff. It was really fun. Like I just love being outdoors anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was that. And then the nice thing, and you probably would like this, um, right next to that playground, there's this huge hill. I mean, steep. Mm-hmm. And right up top of that was this huge baseball diamond. And oh, wow. me and my brother were both in Little League Baseball. And so we had, you know, weekend games and stuff up there. I'll never forget. I saw my first, um, oh, what was it? It wasn't a beaver. What is it? It's like a really big rodent. Like, huge. It's not a prairie dog. Oh, God, what is it? What does it look like? It kind of looks like a giant beaver, but without a tail. It's not a prairie dog, because a prairie dog is way too small. Not a platypus, is it? No. God, Okay. I'm just going to have to, like, put a pin in that, and I'll tell you, like, the next time I see you. <laughs> but whatever that giant thing was, we had a pit bull named Shelby, and she, like, took off after that thing. And it was almost the size of her. It was kind of gross. But, yeah, we had that there. It was, honestly, Virginia was probably, like, one of my favorite places to live mm-hmm. uh, just because there was so much to do there. And even, like, as a kid and even if I went back as an adult, there's plenty to do, especially outdoors. And then you have Maryland and Baltimore and all that, just right around the corner, DC. Um, and then fast forward over to Texas, and I was in, I guess like I think we got there when I was in the sixth grade, because I was there from six to seventh, and I think I was about to start eighth grade when I moved away. So yeah, so. Funny fact about Texas, where we live, we lived in Wichita Falls. It's like the tiniest little area. It has its own independent school district. Yeah. And we were living in this place called like the City View area. And we were like one of three black families (laughs) (laughs) in the whole area. And uh, it was, I mean, that was kind of a culture shock because, you know, going from Virginia and of course the base there, you're around all kind of diversity and all kind of different people. Mm-hmm. And then so you go there and it's pretty much like Caucasian people and Hispanic people. Yeah. And then we're like, oh hey, we're that black family. <laughs> and so our neighborhood was kind of cute though. Um, it was kind of like this huge neighborhood. And then if you walk all the way to the front of the neighborhood, there's, I don't know, it was probably like CDB driver. Like it was something really specific Mm -hmm. and it took you all the way through city view and you had the junior senior high school which was literally 
seventh to twelfth grade, mm-hmm. and then down the street was the elementary school. So my brother was up at the junior senior high school. I was at the elementary school for the longest, and I had best friend named Krista me and her my mom <laughs> makes fun of me all the time because she's like you and her used to go on adventures and we did I mean if we didn't have school we were out just anywhere yeah. so there was this big I guess ravine for lack of a better word like a canal mm-hmm. type deal going through the neighborhood and of course it gets very hot there in the summer so it would literally dry out and so we would just sit there and go run through it, hop over to the other side and see who could actually take a running start and hop all the way across the other side. We never actually made it. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was fun. Try to see. I probably got it a few times, but yeah. you know, it was, it was just really fun, you know, and then we'd just go sit out there whenever it was actually full and act like we were fishing. Of course, we didn't actually have fishing poles and stuff, so we just have like a little stick or something and tie some on there and just kind of act like we were fishing. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it was really fun. You know, we'd ride our bikes all over the place. I don't know. You know, I was just a very outdoors kind of person. And thankfully, I had a friend who was too. Mm-hmm. And so, that's pretty much, I started playing basketball, actually, while I was there. And I was point guard because I'm short. I'm only 5'3". I'm sure. I'm sure you can tell. But <laughs> 5'3", and I'm very fast. Well, I was. I don't know if I really am anymore, but <laughs> um, what else did I do? I don't know. Texas was actually pretty fun, too. It's kind of it's kind of up there. Yeah. Um, the nice thing about Wichita Falls, though, is it's not too, too far from, like, a major city. I think Dallas-Fort Worth area is, like, maybe about two hours, two and a half hours mm-hmm. from there. So, you know, if we just wanted to go have, like, a little weekend, it's kind of like the same here with Atlanta being close. Yeah. Um, so... Texas. I literally have to kind of like make pit stops in my stories because that's literally <laughs> how my life was. Um, so. At any point, did that get annoying going oh, from place yeah. to place? Oh it, yeah, it's. I think of it this way now. It, as a child, you know, in in that mindset, is extremely frustrating because you know you finally make all these friends, you know, and okay, so it's my mom, my brother, and myself. Mm-hmm. My mom and my brother, I feel like, are spitting images of each other in their personality types. They're not reclusive, but definitely more to themselves, more introvert, and I'm definitely an extrovert. So I make friends easily, but at the same time, you know, you don't want to go make a friend and be like, oh, hey, sorry, I'm leaving for like ever. (laughs) So that definitely got annoying. And you know, you say, oh, we'll keep in touch, but you're like 10, 14, 16, you know, so you're probably not really going to keep in touch. So it was frustrating, but as I got older, you know, I just try to, I call myself an optimistic person, so I try to find the silver linings and things. Mm I think it was just really a blessing to have known so many people, to grow so close to many people, and, you know, God willing, be able to rekindle friendships, uh, you know, with all the technology we have today, it's kind of easy. Yeah. So, eh, I love you, you know. <laughs> so that brings us to Georgia. Oh, I kind of skipped over Germany, but it's not really that significant, I guess. I mean, for me, <laughs> I shouldn't say that. Ooh, yeah. but I mean, for me, because yeah. I was young at that mm-hmm. point. So my brother probably has more memories. The only thing that stands out to Germany for me, we had a sausage stand, like right next to an apartment complex. 
and he was always there and it smelled so good and it was literally like little sausage wings hanging out like wow. something you see in the movies yeah. and that we had uh, I don't want to be I'm be politically correct about this I don't know what they were some type of Asian cultured neighbors mm-hmm. and I could always smell what they were cooking and <laughs> I mean it permeated like the whole apartment complex well not complex but you know apartment building yeah. area that was always so strong and uh oh that is significant actually germany that's where i have a scar on one of these eyebrows mm-hmm. and the daycare that we were at okay so i was running <laughs> and i had socks on and it's tile floor oh that's a good idea right <laughs> <laughs> so I was running, 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 and I needed to hit a turn. And I kind of just didn't turn quick. And I don't know what happened, honestly, <laughs> but I slipped. And this is when we still had like the old time radiators. Ooh. And it was on. <sighs> My poor eyebrow was like gashed open and bleeding and my mom was at work and she was like hysterical had to come to the hospital because they of course had to take me straight there because mm-hmm. i was like bleeding profusely <laughs> everywhere um so that was that was actually pretty significant but uh still have that scar to this day yeah so that's germany you know back to georgia so <laughs> this is where i would say i have grown the most of course i think i was I don't know how old I was. I'm bad with ages. But I was in the... Started the 8th grade mm-hmm. when we got here. Because I was at Tut Middle School. And uh, it was pretty fun, actually. You know, we... I'll never forget when I first started Tut Middle School. This guy named Ricardo. They used to call me Texas. Because apparently I had developed a draw. And I said y'all a lot, and it was very, very strong. Yeah. And so that was my nickname the whole time I was there. Sorry. So no, you're fine. Because yeah. <laughs> my personality, I just be like, hey, I'm trying to do an interview. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm trying to zone them out. Yeah. I'm easily distracted, so we're just gonna try to make it work. <laughs> um. So, uh, my childhood here. I would say it's been the most different, I guess, if that makes sense, in comparison to my entire life up until I got to Georgia, because I think I stopped going outside so much, (coughs) excuse me, Um, you know, I don't know, I feel like life kind of changed, for lack of better words, honestly, when we got here, it was all just very, very different. You know, people were different. The city's different. To me, Augusta, it's a nice middle ground for me as far as, like, the different places we live. Because, yeah. you know, in Virginia, it was a lot more fast-paced, um, just having all the cities there and so many people right there. And then Wichita Falls, like I say, was very, I won't say slow, but... <laughs> <laughs> It was a slower pace yeah. than Virginia, and then I get to Augusta, and it's not really either one, so it's a, mm-hmm. it's a good middle ground, like I say, but it's just different. It's honestly really hard to explain, um, and then, of course, one of the biggest things is racism is still so, so prevalent. I mean, it's obviously gotten better, 
but it's so prevalent here and I really hadn't had to experience that mm-hmm. growing up just because well I don't know really why but I guess everybody else that we were around were more I'm trying to choose my words wisely here <laughs> I guess cultured yeah. you know more forward thinking you know mm-hmm. just not so stuck in the past and so you know to be like 15 years old still like being watched in a store and things like that you know and like when you're just going and walking around town with your friends and people just kind of like switch the purse over to the other side and I'm just like I don't even look you know frightening in any way shape or form but you know it's just things like that that really kind of I don't know they make you grow up too fast I guess that's one of the things I feel like when I got here I started growing up and quick you know and I hate to say that I don't like it because you know it's a part of life and it's gonna happen anyway Mm -hmm. but I don't know I basked in my childhood and I feel like I I really had a good childhood that was actually one of the things I was gonna talk about um it's a little thing I call a godchild Mm -hmm. that I feel like was really prevalent in me and it still is I guess you know I don't really know what it is it's kind of a I wouldn't call it an entity, but I guess like a piece of you that everybody has that Mm -hmm. is just very fearless, very curious, and very happy all the time. Yeah. And I feel like when we grow up, you just lose a lot of that, you know? And I feel like the more of that godchild that you have in you, I feel like honestly, overall, the happier you are, the more carefree you live, the, the better your overall outlook is in life. And I feel like once I got here, it just it was like getting smaller and smaller and smaller. It's like <laughs> curling away. And I think that's one of the things that I have been trying to embrace more of as I've gotten more aware of just how old I guess I feel sometimes, <laughs> you know? Like I just really want to get back to how I used to be. You know, I know, of course, in a literal sense, you can't do that. But, you know, mentality-wise, I just used to be so much more, let's do whatever, you know, just so open, you know. And I'm not really like that anymore. I mean, I am, if you ask me, my friends, of course, (laughs) they'll probably say yeah. But (laughs) for me, I'm not as much as I used to be. So... pretty much it I guess without because I, I tell a long story my mom she gets on me all the time she's like Rachel you make a three minute sentence or phrase last 20 minutes <laughs> but she says you'd be a great storyteller and I'm like well maybe I'll do that one day but I'm gonna cut that off though because I know we have more to talk about so that's where I was born in childhood in a nutshell it's funny because I think I mentioned to you um, that's one of the places that I would love yes. to live is Virginia. Yes. Woodbridge? Or no, you have uh, a sister? Yeah, no, Petersburg. Petersburg, yeah. yes. yes. And um, it's funny you mentioned that about because basically being here you have to develop a backbone. You do. And you it do. goes along with the lines of you saying you having to grow up a lot quicker than yeah. usual. And you would think you have to experience that at a young age because yeah. even in, in teenage years you're still a kid mm-hmm. but when you see that it puts a question mark in your head like 
what does that mean? Mm-hmm. And sometimes we're in a position where our parents have to tell us, oh, this is what that is. Oh, and you're like, well, how do you know? Because then they're telling their experience that they had mm-hmm. when they were our age or even younger. Um, yeah. When I was in, um, I went to Food Line when I was maybe younger than that, I'm not sure. And Food Line was right down the street from where I lived. And I walked in the first time, and the manager, which was a white female, walked from behind her office oh, and wow. was standing behind me. And I was like, ma'am, she said, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to actually leave because there's a guy that just stole something from us, and you fit the description. Why would you, why would you come <laughs> back? <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. That, yes, exactly. Wow. So I left, wow. and I was bothered by that. I was like, you know what? Number one, that's not me. Right, first and foremost. So, number two, I want to look at the magazine. So, I just went back in there, and she said, I'm sorry, you're going to have to wow. gonna have to leave. I'm like, okay. So, I went home, and I told my mom, and she was like, no, nah, that wasn't right. No. So, um, noticing that difference here, because funny thing is, based off the fact that you've pretty much been everywhere, you've been exposed to so many different things. Yes that you can only see people as people. Mm-hmm. Like, regardless of their culture, like I tell people, any, um, you can be a jerk in yes. any language. Yes. And you can be a nice person and have any type of background. That doesn't have anything to do with who you are. Mm-hmm. But here, it's a lot more on the tip of the tongue. It and is. it's like a major, everything's black and white. It is. Unfortunately, it is really unfortunate, right? You know, especially as of right now with society and the way all that's going on. I don't even get into that because that's a whole other conversation. But, you know, it's really unfortunate that a lot of people here, and when I say here, I mean really the South, you know, the the, um, Bible Belt. Yeah. You know, it's very much not, oh, you know, you help that person walk across the road. It's, oh, there's a black guy holding a white woman's hand or something like that, you know, and it's really unfortunate that yeah. you have to be labeled as such and especially when you think about nowadays the stereotypes really don't even fit anymore so for people to even view other people that way to me is just really is saddening you know that's why I really don't watch the news too much <laughs> anymore because <laughs> it's really depressing to hear about and you know another thing I'm kind of going off topic here but it goes a lot of how you say it's very black and white it's very much so how you are viewed in the eyes of another person Mm -hmm. you know you might see you know this person standing right here just holding it we're holding you know something and where somebody else is like oh well they look suspicious they've been standing there for way too long i feel nervous i feel like i need to move and it's like well why do you feel that way you know if you were doing the same thing i wouldn't feel bothered by it you know unless you were actually putting me in harm's way or i feel like i'm about to be put in harm's way physically why do you even, I don't know, it, oh. I just don't even, I'm not even going to go there now, <laughs> I feel my blood boiling. <laughs> and that's, that's sad, when, when you have to, you're getting your, yourself worked up yes. off that, because, because this is a different conversation, yeah. that's starting to happen to face in Facebook a lot, mm-hmm. like you read something, and it ruins your whole day. It really does. And it's, ba- it's honestly somebody's opinion, it's not even factual 
Which, you know, I'm, I'm definitely one person to be like the whole you have a right to your opinion type deal. But yeah. at the same time, I feel like, well, dialogue is key. You know, you can have your opinion, but don't be so hard-headed about it that you don't see somebody else's opinion either. Yes. You know, you don't need to be like, oh, well, this microphone is black. And somebody else said, well, I think it's kind of great. No, it's a black microphone. You know, why can't it be both? Why can't you have your opinion? They have their opinion. And we all just go our separate ways at the end of the day. Why does it have to always build up to something and then, you know, just be a whole hot mess? Yeah. That's, what, that's what I'm going to call it. <laughs> just a hot mess. <laughs> but, anywho. Um, to go into a another direction but yes. in, the, in, the, in, the, <laughs> in the midst of you speaking on it I'm actually a question that yes. I was curious about that I thought of just now why uh, why did you end up choosing uh, dentistry mm. so a little fun fact my mom was actually in the dental field while she was in the military um, and while we were in Virginia um, we would go, well I would I think my brother too but I can't remember I would go to her dental office a lot and, you know, I would quote unquote help out. I wasn't really helping out, but I felt like I was. Mm -hmm. And it was just so much fun, you know, and for one, I kind of just always had that in the back of my mind. And I was like, oh, that would be a really nice something to do. Um, And then also, I just love, not necessarily teeth, because that's kind (laughs) of gross if you just think about that, but I love the human smile because I feel like it can tell you a lot about somebody you know and you can really brighten somebody else's day just by smiling at them you know I feel like a lot of people and I'm I'm guilty of it you know sometimes you just walk around with a what do they call it like the RBF resting B face (laughs) (laughs) you know and it's not that there's anything wrong with that but a smile is contagious you know Mm. and when somebody is confident about their smile whether they have perfectly straight teeth white teeth yellow teeth crooked teeth whatever when they're confident in it and they smile at you, it's infectious. And you're, oh, let me smile back. Oh, hey, how are you doing? You know, it instantly brightens up your day. And, you know, especially now that I've learned so much about um, dentistry and dental hygiene as a whole, and, you know, you find out how important it is to keep your mouth clean and what all you can tell just by looking in somebody's mouth to see what's going on systemically with them, like, in their overall body. To me, it's really important and it's really helpful to be able to just sit down and have a five-minute conversation with somebody random off the street and say, hey, you know, make sure you're cleaning your teeth. Make sure you're, like, feeling around your jaw and your neck to see if, like, anything feels out of place because that could save them five years from now, you know. So that is kind of, I don't know, I've always wanted to help people, you know, and I, I love people in general. I love being able to talk to people. Somebody asked me one time. Um, why I didn't want to be a dentist and it's not to take anything away from dentists because they do a lot but I feel like as a dental hygienist you spend more time with your patients you can make a bigger impact because I feel like most people can probably attest to this you you see your dentist for only a small period of time whereas you're with your dental hygienist for maybe like 45 minutes to an hour depending on your appointment you can make a bigger impact you talk to them longer I love talking to people. I could talk all day long, really, if you let me. <laughs> Which is one of the reasons, one of the reasons why yeah. I enjoy the experience. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. You know, I mean, I kind of feel like I have the gift of gab, but I think you can learn so much from somebody else. And jumping back to what I was just saying, though, you know, I always wanted to help people, but I didn't really know how. So I was originally actually going to school for nursing. Mm-hmm. 
well. I have a cousin who, she's a <clears throat> nurse practitioner right now. She was an RN, and she would, I remember one specific, I believe it was around Christmas time, and she was telling us some stories just about, you know, like a typical day for her in the ER, and it was gruesome and terrifying. Like, just to first off here, what some people would do and think, like, it's a good idea to do, and they come <laughs> into the ER with these problems, but mm-hmm. it made me realize, I was like, I don't think I could do that. I mean, if push came to shove, of course, but yeah. I don't think I would want to do that and especially on a daily basis. So I had to kind of reevaluate my whole life real quick because I was like, oh, Rachel, you're kind of running out of time. <laughs> and of course you're not, you know, time is what you make it. But that's kind of what made me step back and say, okay, well, what do I want to do? What would I not mind doing? What do I feel like I can do that would impact somebody else? And I was like, oh, well, I've always liked the smiles I've always thought about dentistry but I wasn't necessarily gung-ho about becoming a dentist Mm -hmm. so I said okay well what other things can we do in the field of dentistry and that's when I found out about dental hygiene and I was like oh that's the person that actually cleans your teeth for you and I was like well let's look into that and here we are almost at graduation that's that's my little spiel on how I became interested in dentistry it's funny you said about how you can find out a lot of, about a person based off yes. their teeth. Um, those of you who are listening, I had recently had an appointment uh, with Rachel, and I was instructed, like I was over 10 <laughs> years ago, that, sir, you might want to consider getting your wisdom teeth pulled. Oh, yes. And she, because uh, I was in school, and they say, can we have a lot of students that come in here, and they come in here saying they got all these, this aching, because at one point it starts hurting yes. for some people. And in my mind, I'm like, no, I'm not going to. I don't be me. Right, that's what and, I was <laughs> And even now, like this, I don't feel the pain, but I was reminded mm-hmm. this is something that you probably want to consider. Um, one of your um, instructors said that because of the way that my, my molars were positioned, mm-hmm. it creates a meat trap, a food trap. Yes. And I was like, huh, my dentist back then never said that. Right. Never. Now, they might not have known back then because they might not have been completely positioned like that. Yeah. So, well, I, yeah. There's nothing like that right now. Yeah. So, meat trap. Meat trap. <laughs> <laughs> and when she, when she said that, I was like, that's kind of disgusting. <laughs> but that in my mind, I was like, yeah, I definitely have to get yeah. rid of them. And um, it's funny you said about how that connects with people and who they are mm-hmm. systematically. I'm the type of person that if it does not, if it's not broke, don't me, fix it. an appointment to fix it. That's right. <laughs> I had a, um, this might be some TMI. I had okay. a, what is it, sebaceous cyst Word? on my back. Oh, it was on your back. For eight years. Oh, wow. That is, wait, first off, you let me, <laughs> oh my God. See, that takes that to a whole nother level. Yeah. Oh, wow. Eight years. And I've had at least two or three people tell me, even a guy in the, in the locker room random white guy say man not one that look get older, out of here older 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 people do not care like they they gonna spit they gonna say whatever they want to yeah. feel because you need to know obviously and they say you you might want to get to look that um but i realized that i had a fear of them telling me that it was going to be something worse oh, but i realized okay. in the process that i was being selfish because if I 
like say for instance my, my girlfriend and I get married and we have kids if I get canceled right. due to something that I couldn't taken care of a while back that's putting them in jeopardy as well as everybody else that's whom I've had an influence in my life mm-hmm. so getting older made me realize I can't just think about myself anymore like I have to think about my potential future so I went to the doctor and the procedure it was an inpatient procedure and it it only lasted like 10 minutes and that was it see there eight years (laughs) (laughs) and I was like that's it so yep um of course it's I guess maybe this is me. I thought it was really cool because I like I had a hole in my back for like oh, a week. Really? Yeah, like oh. it was. It wasn't as big as I thought it would be. Right. But the process that he was talking about of getting it removed, I th- I thought it was fascinating. I didn't want to see it because <laughs> he said, "You want to? S- no, 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 thank Not you." Not really. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny you said that about um, people because. That reflects upon the fact that I was always the type of say, if it's not bothering me, yeah. I'm not going to fix it. But people will tell you, you might want to consider this because in the future, we're not talking about now, we're talking about in the future. That's true. That's true. And I mean, I'm I'm kind of one of those people, my mom probably more like that. If it's not broke, don't fix it, you know. Mm-hmm. But with that being said, you know, like you're saying in the future, it might not be bothering you now. But why wait till it does start to, you know? Because usually when it comes to your body, when you have pain associated, that's when it actually is a problem. You know, and that's just kind of how I um, think of things like that. You know, if we know about it now and you're not having any problems, let's nip it in the butt. You know, let's not wait. I had TMI. I had something called, oh God, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but hey, it might help somebody in the future. So y'all listen. I had a perirectal abscess and uh what in the world is that right yeah i didn't know there was such a thing until i got it mm-hmm. so it was accompanied with pain swelling and tenderness i think this was around this was earlier this year back and whenever give kids a smile is going on. i was a fairy mm-hmm. and i honestly just thought my darn tights were too tight and i was like god let me get these off wasn't the case because I took them off and I was still in so much pain. I ended up having to go to the ER and we took like a CT scan and all this stuff and they're like, oh yeah, no, like you should probably go ahead and like get this taken out of you because it's basically a I don't even honestly know quite what it is besides an encapsulated they don't honestly know what it is. They don't really, really know. They don't really, really know how it happened. But the point is, it was basically an enclosed infection. Uh-huh. Um, they think it was probably just like an ingrown hair or something. And you know how most ingrown hairs, they you might get like a little pimple or something like that, and then you could pop it or whatever. Yeah. I guess it never did whatever the body's supposed to do to exfoliate it. So mm-hmm. my body created like a little cyst around it. Well, you're not supposed to just have hair in your body. So then that became an infection, and they were saying, well, you can leave it, you know, we can just give you some medicine, like, to help you with the pain and stuff, but it was so close to my spine, Mm. they were like, think of it this way, if anything happens to that abscess and it ruptures, you are literally going to get an infection of the spine, and once that happens, it's all very downhill from there, and they were like, we can't even, you know, guarantee any kind of benefit that's going to happen from that because you literally need everything in your spine you know to work and I was like wow 
well, let's get going. Let's yeah. get it off. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I had to, you know, go uh, under sedation and all that, and they took it out. And that was honestly, I mean, I've, I've scraped myself up all over the place and hurt myself plenty of times, mm-hmm. but that was the most pain I've ever experienced in my life. I mean, I had to get morphine um, drops because when she's taking the packing out, oh. apparently, somebody explained to me why. They were saying that your TMI rectum area has actually the most concentrated area of nerves and things like that and that's why it was like deathly painful yeah so uh yeah if you ever get any pain around there don't put it off for eight years <laughs> get it taken care of asap <laughs> so anyway yeah now that i've told them about my butt let's move on <laughs> that's funny because us as men have to look forward to yes, that exam at 40 years old. And, yeah. Fun, fun. I mean, hey, just think of it this way. Better let them do it once. Make sure everything's good. Actually, no, it's not just once, is it? Is it? I hope no? it was once. Well, well, I don't think so. Isn't it kind of like, not yearly, but it's kind of like every yeah, so often. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, let them do it once. Make sure it's all good. And then you can start putting it off. <laughs> But, I didn't say that that's a And it's funny because uh, <laughs> a lot of a lot of women would say, at least you don't have to deal with what we have to go through when we have to get exams. And I'm like, okay, I, I give you all that. I mean, I, I don't think it's... Well, I mean, of course, like, as a child, like when you first start getting up there, it's like, oh my God, what are you doing? But, I mean, as you get older, I don't know. I just kind of be like, all right, are we done yet? <laughs> Is, are we good? Sign? Okay, cool. Bye. Just move on with my day. I mean, I guess it's kind of, I think that falls honestly more so into, well, I guess you want to take into mammograms and all that stuff too, but you know, I was going to say though, it falls more into like how comfortable you are with like men or women and things like that mm-hmm. and comfort levels, but uh, I digress. <laughs> um, speaking of dentistry. <laughs> Probably going to your, your next question. What is it that you are deeply uh, passionate about? Oh my gosh, so I've actually been dreading this question. So <laughs> I almost feel like I don't know. I mean, I don't know. For me, like, that's such a hard question because I feel like passionate, like, you almost can't do without it in your life you know like you if somebody said you can never do this again you just feel devastated yeah and i honestly don't know if i have anything i wrote a few things down i typed a few things okay so i said that i'm quite passionate about my family yeah and family in general i consider i have a few friends that are i call them my sisters you know, because um, I don't have any sisters. I just have my one brother, my mom. And to me, that's a very, very small family. And I feel like I have a small family. And my family has an almost. Always... feel like this. Oh, God. It's, 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 it's oh, God. Sorry. Oh, no, you're fine. What's <laughs> it? What was it? That was a mosquito. Very, okay. very bold mosquito. Okay. You might be liking my hair product. <laughs> I did just wash my hair. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I thought it was like something else. I can do it with a mosquito. Okay. Um, 
Sorry. Lord, no, you're fine. How, you scare me, though, because the one bug I don't do are roaches. Everything else is fine with, but that's what I thought was there, so. <sighs> okay, yes, family. <laughs> so, I feel like, and my family might feel differently, but, you know, we're talking about me, so it's fine. Mm -hmm. But I've always felt like my family is small, or my immediate family, you know, is small, and we haven't always been... I mean, that's every family, so I'll, I'll say that. You know, we haven't always been on the best of terms. I think, personally, and maybe it's also just because I'm older, mm -hmm. I feel like things are a lot better now. I feel like we communicate a lot better now. Um, <clears throat> but with, you know, all the different things that have happened in the past with my family, I have always kind of loved everybody else's families. You know, and that's yeah. really interesting because that's to say that I have no clue what's going on really behind the scenes yeah. you know but what I can see from the outside I'm just like oh I want to be in there you know <laughs> and a lot of those people have bigger families yeah. um and I never knew well I won't say never but I don't really remember my grandfather he passed away when I was really really young um my grandma passed away when I was a senior in high school and I don't know my father so I don't know you know that entire side of my family mm -hmm. so with that being said you know for me I always kind of feel like my family is just like this big you know so that's why I take it very seriously and I appreciate them so much and I just love my family so much so that's that's one thing I'm passionate about um, another thing I am passionate about are uh, the arts, music, poetry, things like that. I, uh, I don't paint anymore. I, mean, I don't really, really paint. Mm -hmm. I kind of sort of paint, but it's not good. So, <laughs> <laughs> but it makes me feel good. Yeah, and that's the point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, I wouldn't hang it up anywhere. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I love to watch other people's, you know, artwork and have a few friends that uh, draw, paint, you know, all those different things, sculpt, mm -hmm. and I just love it, but, you know, I think it's one of those things that, it's not a dying something, but I feel like people don't put as much emphasis on it as they should. Mm -hmm. um, I do write, but I do notice, oh, I've recently noticed, I tend to write more, and I personally feel like my work is better when it comes from a place of sadness, or like despair almost uh and i don't know why personally but uh it does and i think poetry is really just it's raw it speaks to you i feel like a lot of different people can understand oh i see it <laughs> can understand it um and get something from it, even if it wasn't necessarily the original meaning. And it's kind of the same thing with uh, paintings and things like that. You can, there's a word that I'm looking for that I'm just not grasping, but uh, you really just, you interpret mm -hmm. there we go, your own meaning from just art in general. 
and I think that's just what's so beautiful about it. And music, oh god, I used to play the clarinet in high school mm-hmm. in the concert band and marching band. And I used to, well, I learned how to play the piano. I don't play it, but <laughs> <laughs> I should probably pick it back up. But I did learn how to play the piano. I played my brother's saxophone for a little while. And uh, I don't, music is really something that transcends. I think it really is the soul element that speaks past language. Yeah. You know, everybody can appreciate music. Everybody can have feelings arise, emotions arise through music, and everybody's situation can be different. You know, everybody can be experiencing something different from that same piece of music. Yeah. It's really beautiful. I love listening to music. I mean, I listen to just that. The only thing I don't listen to is like screamo type stuff. I just can't get with that. But classical, you know, instrumentals, rap, hip hop, all of that. It's just beautiful. Rock. Everything. So, I feel like that was pretty much, oh, I'm so passionate about food. I love to eat. (laughs) (laughs) So, everybody that knows me knows that, and I guess wonders how I don't gain weight. I attribute that all to my genetics. Thank you so much. (laughs) Because I eat like a grown man sometimes, and it's so amazing. God. You you have no idea how much it benefits (laughs) a guy that takes you out. Oh, oh, really? Yes, because if he was... Personally, if I if we go out if we if we take our wives our girlfriends out to eat yeah. and you spend a large amount of money and you just eat like, oh, like one fifth that made me mad yeah we're not going out again and That's... and I remember that when I was younger because some some, some girls want to be cute like, I don't yeah. want to eat I like eat. are you gonna take it home if not I'm gonna take it home because it's gonna be eaten I pay right. for it That's, thank you so. It was. It's always refreshed to be like, well, you got a stomach like I do. That's yeah. good. Oh, so yeah. you eat. That's good. Uh, yes, I'm all for eating. Like, my friends know if there's a party, I might be like, Ugh, I don't know. And they're like, well, I think they're supposed to be bringing food. I'm like, oh, psh, let's go. Like, <laughs> I'll meet you there. You know, that's fine. You know, and I, I think, what was it, like three weeks ago, maybe two weeks ago, my friends, we had like just a little get together. Mm-hmm. And we all have food and I'm vegetarian now and they were all just like are you going to bring your veggie burgers and I was like well I, I think I was going to but I guess I am now <laughs> you know but they were they're all loving how I eat more healthy and I love that I can give them a little bit of inspiration on eating healthier and you know having a more active lifestyle and it's not to say that they don't mm-hmm. you know but anything that I think is benefiting or that will benefit you, I'm all for it, you know. So I ended up making like 12 veggie burgers, in other words. So, uh, yeah, but, oh God, I'm so passionate about food, which kind of, I don't know if I'm jumping the gun here, but I will say one of my lifelong dreams is to open a lounge slash restaurant and it's so funny because you know how sometimes you might have a thought of something and then you'll see it come to fruition somewhere else? Yeah. And there's a place called Humanity where I ran into you at. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny because when I first went in there and like I heard about it and everything, I was like, wow, this 
it's like almost giving me deja vu as to what I wanted for my lounge. Like I have, I still have like little papers written and drawn out of how I wanted it to look and everything. And I was just like, I don't know if this is God telling me like, okay, this is your blueprint. Now go make it happen. Or if he's telling me to just enjoy this, like, I don't know, but yeah. it's so amazing. But that's what they have going on there is almost, <clears throat> you know, what I want for my lounge. And I want it to be something that it's almost like a refuge for anybody to just come to and express themselves through spoken word, hang up some artwork if you want to, have some bomb food, just chillax, you know, enjoy the moment, meet new people. I just want it to be an area of peace almost with good food. Yeah. So it's kind of like a little something to eventually work on. Eventually, you might you might hear it. I don't know what the name is gonna be yet, but. I'll keep you in the loop so you can come <laughs> <laughs> when I actually have it. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, um, yeah. Before we run out of time, I definitely have to ask about yes. your awesome tattoo. <gasps> Thanks. So, so, for those of y'all that can't see it, <laughs> it is a tattoo of a lizard slash reptilian animal on my wrist. And... I was going through a rough patch in my life. It was before I started the uh, dental hygiene program. Um, it's kind of like around like last Christmas or so. It started a little bit before then. Or I'm sorry, two Christmases ago. And I was just having a really hard time. I had actually never suffered from depression before then. But I was like going through a really bad spell of depression, which is one reason why I'm a really big advocate for mental health awareness and all that. And um, it was just really, really bad. And it was getting to a really low point. And, you know, my poor mom, she just, you know, just wanted to help. Wanted to like, well, do you want to talk to this person, that person? What do we want to do? But I didn't really want to talk to anybody, which was, I guess, one of the reasons why she knew something really was going on. Because obviously I talk a lot. You know, so the fact that I didn't even want to talk to anybody about what was going on, you know, made her realize that something is happening. And so I was wanting to just do horrible things and I wasn't wanting to talk to anybody. I didn't want to be around people. I was just really secluding myself. And so one day I just woke up and I said, you know what, instead of doing all these other things that, you know, aren't beneficial, let me go get this tattoo. And so I started to go get it, and I changed my mind really quick. And I was like, no, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> and so I was drinking a lot, and I was like, I don't know what's going on with me. And so I started doing a lot of research into, you know, dream animals and what your spirit animals are. And I was just like, man, I do like to dream a lot. I have very vivid dreams, and I have a wild imagination. And I was like, this this is, I guess, my spirit animal. And I was like, well, you know, when you think about it, reptiles are always shedding their skin, you know, so it's almost kind of like a new day for them every time they shed their skin. Yeah. And so when I finally settled on, okay, I'm gonna go get this tattoo, for me, that was the day that I said, okay, we're gonna, I know it's not gonna happen overnight, but we're gonna start, we're gonna start fresh, you know, we're gonna start rebuilding, we're gonna, like, everything's gonna be okay. I don't know how long it's gonna take. It might take 
a month, it might take a year, it might take five years, but eventually we're gonna feel better. We might not feel exactly how we felt once upon a time, but we're gonna get through it. And so when I got this tattoo, that's what that represented to me, is that, you know, you might even take a few steps back every now and again, but, you know, every day's a new day to start new. And every time you shed that skin, it's just a moment to rethink, reevaluate, and put a new foot forward. Yeah. So, in a nutshell, without me <laughs> taking too long <laughs> to explain that that is what my tattoo represents. In a nutshell, it's my little guy. Every time I look at him, and as you can see, there's some, so that's kind of like a constant reminder there for me to uh, always. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It was it painful? You know, I actually had to stop in the middle of it because I thought I was going to throw up. <laughs> <laughs> um, it really didn't hurt that bad until he got on this little wrist bone right here. Yeah, bones. Yeah. And this is my first tattoo. Mm -hmm. And uh, at first when he was doing the tail and everything that's like right there on my hand, I was like, oh, this isn't bad. This feels like, you know, when somebody drags like a little needle across your skin. I was like, why do people always complain? And then he got to that bone and I was like... I'm getting really hot, like, and I had on a dress that was like really short. So I was like, "Is, is it hot in here? Is it just me? Like, oh no, what's going on?" And then I was like, "Oh, I'm getting a little lightheaded. I think you might want to like just give me a second. And he's like, "Well, like, are you sure? Do you want me to keep going?" And I was like, "I think I'm gonna throw up." And he's like, "Okay, the bathroom's right down there." <laughs> and when I got back, he's like, "Oh, ma'am, did you eat this morning?" And I was like, "No." And he's like, "Oh, well, that." Definitely has something to do. Apparently, you're supposed to eat before you get tattoos. I didn't know that. Who knew? I didn't either. I, you know, you learn something new every day. Yeah. But it probably also didn't help that, you know, around that time I was drinking a lot, so I was probably really, really dehydrated too. <laughs> and going to get a tattoo right there, it was probably not helpful at all. But uh, other than that, like once he got past there, even that bone on the top really didn't hurt. It was really just that one right here. I mm -hmm. guess there's less ligaments and stuff around it and muscle but yeah i do want to get another one though i'll show it to you whenever we uh, finish that is basically a sun and a moon and i really want to get that one go figure right on my spine mm -hmm. which is gonna hurt also so i'll just make sure i eat when i go to that one <laughs> but i really want to get that one and i feel like once i get that one i might be done because i just i don't know they're permanent so I don't want to do too much, yeah. but I kind of want to mark up my body. Why not, you know, to be that person? I want to get at least one more, and uh, I have it at the house. It's it's Proverbs, um, Proverbs, Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 6. And it's a trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not upon your own understanding. Mm. And... There, are, there have been several moments in my life where I, I needed to do that mm -hmm. because I've learned about myself. If I don't have any control over it, I'm okay. But mm -hmm. if I know that I can, if I can just reach my hand out and touch it, whatever the situation is, then I, I panic because it's not going to be the way that I want it to go. But it's so much easier if you just take your hands off. Let go and let go. And when you're a kid, you mentioned going having that mentality. Mm -hmm. You didn't really have much. We didn't have much to worry about. Our worlds mm -hmm. were smaller. Mm -hmm. Everything we needed, our parents would supply, supply us with. 
everything we needed. Of course, that was that was fun. But when you're an adult, not only do you have to do that for yourself, you have to deal with all this other stuff mm-hmm. that you um, the psychological um, process and everything else that comes with growing up. Yeah. So, uh, but that's that's one that I wanted. I didn't when I got my first one. I didn't know that the pain would be oh, like God. that. Where'd you get your first one? Um, right. Was he right here on my shoulder. On your shoulder. Yeah. And that hurt? Yeah. Oh, God. I, I've never felt pain like that. Because uh. it was like the needle. I was like, ugh. Because <laughs> the, the outline, the outlining wasn't that bad. Is it shaded at all? Now it is. Okay. And I honestly believe that if I was, I'm, I'm being honest, if I was a girl, I would have got it a lot cheaper. Because the way it looks, I shouldn't have paid what uh, I paid for it. Cause really? I had, yeah. Because I got it outlined. Then I went back and got it colored because of the price. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, if I was a You woman, probably, I mean, hey, there, power. I, there's power. No. <laughs> Which is, yeah. Uh, but I'm going to ask you this right quick. Mm-hmm. And then one more question. Hopefully we can wrap this up in yeah. a couple of minutes. But what was what actually? Oh, yeah. Going back to your experience in dentistry. Yes. What obstacles have you faced? Because, and I didn't want to touch base on this, but it's it's a huge issue now. Of course, there are a lot of people, young, a lot of men, get in trouble for harassing women, and women mm. are coming out and coming forth mm. and telling their experiences and their stories. Um, I personally don't think it's right. Um, my thing was that there are, well, it's not about me. Mm. Um, have you, being a, a black young woman in this field, what are some things that you've noticed that may not be a problem for somebody else that of may, a different demographic? That may not be a problem? Yeah. Or things that they might not even have to worry about or even consider. my words wisely because sometimes my mouth gets me in trouble <laughs> hmm. I personally haven't experienced too many things I would say really the only thing that I've experienced and the only thing that I feel like I will probably continue to experience and it's not something that would happen just in this field but just overall for black women and black men too yeah. is that or the question of do I know what I'm talking about yeah. do I know what I'm doing am I competent enough to do this and to me that says something because for one the question I always want to ask people when and of course they you know they don't come right out and say these things but they ask a little side type questions that basically insinuate yeah. do you know what you're doing thing I always want to ask you is, do you think that somebody else would be letting me do this if they didn't think I was confident enough to do it? And yeah. if they didn't think that I was intelligent enough or understood the material enough to do it? Do you think I would be doing it? I'll leave that at that. <laughs> <laughs> but I really I haven't honestly had too many things. Now I can't say what's going to happen in the future. But just to speak on the whole uh, sexual harassment thing, 
You know, I think it is something that, unfortunately, is probably going to continue to happen. Um, but I think it is good that we are, as a country and as a whole, you know, starting to look at it more and starting to hold people accountable more because I think we live in a society where people just assume that was that James Brown song? It's a man's world. Yeah. You know, and basically women are supposed to be subservient and are supposed to basically do whatever the man wants, even if that's not the case. And yeah. if you don't, well then, shame on you for not doing what I want you to do. Shame on you for having a voice and speaking out against it. And then when you do that, you don't get to be in that same circle for lack of better words, yeah. that you used to be in. You know, people might see you then, mm, you know, turn their head the other way, you know, for speaking up against it. Um, and I, I'm a very, what's the right word I want to use here? Assertive person. Um, and I would say that's probably why I haven't had too many incidents like that myself, is because... I just make it known that I don't like that, you know, and I don't feel like you should feel like it's okay for you to even step over that boundary as if it's not there, yeah. you know. And I think with men, it's something they need to just take a second to think about, you know, for one, what is giving me the right to do this to her anyways? Mm -hmm. And what is making me feel like I can do this to her without even getting her consent yeah um but like i say you know we live in a very patriarchal type society to where men have been allowed to do anything and everything without repercussion um now granted there is also a caveat it's more white men older white men especially but I digress. Men. <laughs> we won't go there. Yeah. <laughs> we'll do that when the mic is off. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, we it's, it's been so okay, for lack of better words, for so long. Like I say, it's good that it's happening, but I, I don't see it going away in its entirety anytime soon. But the, the discussion has happened and the awareness is out there, and that's where it starts. So. And it's, it's funny you said that because... Even though there are some of us who do have good intentions, mm -hmm. it, it still needs to go through a filter. And I'm still learning that myself. Like, no matter what, once it exits your mouth, unfortunately, it's like a bullet. You don't know who it's going to hit, how it's going to hit. And you don't know if it's going to hit someone and ricochet and go somewhere else. You, you, right. you never know. Right. And, but to just, you have to be mindful. And even with us who do know exactly why we say what we say or do what we do I believe that there's somebody who been on the receiving end of that that should be able to say hey this is not a good idea I think you, you might want to might want to consider uh, doing I thought that was this computer <laughs> sorry oh, this is about to blow up what's going on no um, that's an alarm sorry no it's okay um but which is actually good because it's about time we wrap up um but uh but I personally wanted to ask you that because I didn't want to be able to be put in a position to say my view because it's not about me. It's not just, And it's not just about 
you as an individual, but right. you all as women. Yeah. And I believe that that needs to be heard, even if it's some small incident or something large. Mm -hmm. We do need to be held accountable. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. But yeah. I think what you're doing is the right thing. And I think when you surround your and not just for the topic that we're talking about right now, but just mm -hmm. in general, you know, I think when you surround yourself with people who can create that dialogue, whether you have the same opinion or not, you are creating yourself to be more aware yeah. So like you said, you know, before those words leave your mouth, you might think twice and say, oh, you know what? Maybe I should word this differently. Maybe I should not say it at all. Maybe I should take this person to the side and say, yeah. you know, so on and so forth. And I'll leave you with this. My mom is a firm believer in this. She always tells me that there's a thousand ways to say something. Make sure you choose the right one. And yeah. it holds so much truth. You know, I can say one thing to you. But depending on how you interpret it can make a world of difference. And that's why words are so important. And that's why it's so important to choose your words wisely. So. Yeah. And that's, yeah. and that's the one thing I love about writing. And that's mm -hmm. why I'm very particular about it. Because I don't, I don't just use words freely. Like, I'm very strategic about what I say. Because there's specific points I want to make. But at the same time, there's a specific audience that I have to consider. Mm -hmm. uh, but, uh last question mm -hmm. if you can answer it in uh, a nutshell if possible what are your plans for the for the future like so you, hmm. like if you have a what do you plan I know it's a typical question because we all get asked it right but right. like in the next what five years what, what do you possibly see yourself next five years I plan on having an awesome career in dental hygiene Preferably, I'll try to be in Augusta still, but, <laughs> you know, God yeah. will take me wherever he wants to take me, and preferably it'll just be the right place. Yeah. Um, hopefully blooming in this field. Like I say, I would like to travel a little bit more, become a little bit more aware of other people's cultures, um, learn more about myself too as a person you know what I want what I don't want what I like what I don't like um, you know things along those lines I would that's really pretty much it I mean I don't, I don't really I try not to go too far into the future you know yeah. because I like to take things a day at a time and for me five years is really as far as I've gotten <laughs> <laughs> I know I do want to have my career going I know I don't plan on buying a new car or anything like that. Senior Junebug has treated me well. Mm -hmm. um, perfectly, both my dogs will still be around in the next five years, so I'll be taking them with me, uh, going on hikes and things like that. Hopefully, rekindling friendships um, with different friends and things like that. And that's really pretty much it. You know, just continuing on this life that God has blessed me with. So. That's cool. Yeah. Thank you. No, no problem. And um, again, thank you for designating an hour of course out of, of your course. Uh, busy life it's um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. man I, being at the office I can only imagine what you all students go through yes. and dealing with patients through uh, yeah so mm -hmm. yeah this is so, nice though. I, I appreciate getting an hour to get away from all that you know tell somebody about my life that's one of the things I do like about your podcast though is you do you learn what somebody else is going through, what they've gone through, you know, what their outlook is, mm -hmm. how they think, so on and so forth. So thank you for letting me be a part of it. I do appreciate it. Uh, no problem. Um, for those of you who are listening, this again, this is episode 17. I uh, just got through in 
uh, interviewing uh, Rachel West. Uh, funny thing was when I first, because as a hygienist, they have to uh, access a questionnaire dealing with our account, and she had to uh, call contact me, um, yes. and I saved her number under, and I feel bad. Ray, oh God, <laughs> <laughs> Rachel Ray. But you know that's okay because that's what my name is on Facebook. Yes, I changed and, it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, so don't feel bad. No, and my mom calls me Rachel Ray, and she calls me Ray, so it's oh, fine. Don't like, feel bad. I thought you were going to say something crazy. No, no, because <laughs> no. I was like, man, it's funny because she talked about loving food, and her yeah. name was Rachel Way, and she has dogs, so that's, that's I, cool. Oh, she sure does have dogs, doesn't she? Oh, my God, and she has pit bulls. I have a pit bull. And she has food yes, for I dogs. Love. Yeah, although it's a bit expensive. Yeah, it, oh. yeah, it's a little, mm. little bougie. It's a, it's a little bougie, <laughs> but you know, I'd probably do that too if I had that kind of money. I don't know. <laughs> Well, uh, thank you, ma'am. You're and, um, so welcome. Thank you. Uh, you all can um, catch her, uh, the interview um, on Saturday. Yes. Um, today, which will be the day you listen to it. So thanks for tuning in. You all have a good day. Uh, again, this is Calvin Wayne Pennywell Jr., episode 17 of The Glory in Our Stories. Hello.